chapter 1, verse number 17, James 1, 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. I love that verse. So much in this verse talks about our God who is immutable. The, the, the word immutable is a theological term, I guess you, well, it's not, it's not uh, uh, confined to theology, but it means unchangeable. <clears throat> and we talk about our God, he is <clears throat> unchangeable, and as he's, he's re referred to here, our God is with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Thank you, Lord. I pray that you help us to understand how that you change not. And that we can rejoice in that. We can glory in that. And, and the character of our God, which is immutable, unchangeable, constant. Lord, thank you so much that we have such a wonderful, solid God that we can uh, lean upon and we can trust. And we can th truly throw our lives and our future and, and, and our well-being upon your capable hands, God who is immutable. Lord, I pray that you would help us to see some things tonight about changes and about the things that change, and it's certainly not you, Lord. Thank you so much for that. We ask that you just uh, make these truths real to us where we live. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> We're heading into graduation this next Friday for our school. There's other schools and homeschools that are, you know, graduating at different times, and we're going through uh, different times where, where kids are going through high school graduation, and there's also college graduations also. <clears throat> this year, by the way, we have uh, five seniors. Is it five or four? Do we have five, five seniors in, in our school. That's most that we've ever had. So we're getting pictures, you know, gowns and everything like that. So anyway, looking forward to that. It's really great. Um, several more seniors, various schools and homeschools who are also graduating. <clears throat> everything changes for the seniors. Everything. Everything. They're no longer in high school anymore. They've graduated from being children into adulthood many, many, in many ways. Of course, nowadays, with the millennials and all, they don't actually become adults until they're like 35 or so. But, um, <clears throat> but folks, nothing, nothing stays the same. Everything changes. Nothing, and I mean nothing, is permanent. Think of that. When I embarked upon my Bible college experience, my parents kind of just expected me to come back someday. I was 17 when I actually went to Bible college, and, and, uh, and they just assumed Ricky would come back. That would, that's what they would call me. Ricky would come back. I mean, he's going to go ahead and go to school and get the schooling or whatever, and he'll come back here and get a job and, you know, continue. Um, <clears throat> they kind of just assumed that all things would be the same as they were prior to that time. My mother would cook me breakfast. I'd be at home. Uh, they would figure, well, after school, I'd come home and get a job. Every night, come back to the house that I grew up in. I would even maybe find a girl someday and set out on a home nearby. But I never came home. I, I, never, I never came back to the place that I grew up. And I did find that girl. I fell in love and started a home had children, but never coming home to where I grew up. I remember my mother's disappointment as these events began to take hold of her reality. 
because she, I don't know what she was thinking, but I don't know what I was thinking, but she, she never expected that. Everything changed. She even had a difficult time accepting my new bride at first, viewing her with the understanding that she was a part of the reason that I never came back home. The Lord had me begin the service under his leadership in Missouri. I uh, was in Mississippi for a time of, uh, uh, as an assistant pastor, principal of a Christian school out there. <clears throat> and then came out to here in Washington, 1985. Everything Everything changed. It didn't go back. After high school, it was, it was different. You know, maybe I shouldn't articulate these factors so close to high school and college graduations because <laughs> there's many even here in, the, in this auditorium. You, you, you're experiencing that with your children. But folks, everything changes. Everything gets old. Everything morphs. Everything changes. Everything dies. Everything goes away sooner or later. We live in a changing world. It seems just like when I learn some kind of a computer management system that the company changes, forcibly or otherwise, it says you can't do that anymore. You've got to learn a whole new system. And I get so mad. I like what I used to have, and it's not there anymore, you know. <clears throat> I want to stay the same. I want things to stay the same, you know, and they don't. <clears throat> I remember when I was a kid growing up in my home, I had the greatest time in my backyard playing with bugs and animals, frogs and friends. It was, it was a, it was, I, had a, I had a wonderful, wonderful childhood. I mean, the, the world was on fire, but I didn't know anything of that. I, I just, my childhood, I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed being home and had this little sandbox in the back, and I used to play in the sandbox. Several times in my life, I've experienced the loss of loved ones that, bring about a grief that, that I believe the human race was never intended to bear. I do not think that, is be, that has ever been, that has ever been God's plan or intention for any of us to, to have that kind of grief. My 19-year-old brother passed when I was only six years old. <coughs> and I, I remember at that time, I, I, I didn't understand I just did, I was there at the funeral home. I saw him in the, in the coffin. I just didn't understand it. I couldn't, I'd never, I've never faced death before. And I just didn't understand, I just didn't understand. I, I, I saw the, the grief that my parents went through and others. But I couldn't get my mind around death at that time. I thought that Pat would sooner or later come walking through the door again just like before. And he didn't. And he didn't, and he didn't, and he didn't, and I missed him, and I, I remember getting angry at him. Why doesn't he come home? <clears throat> My parents were so affected to never be the same again. It, ch it changed all of us. It changed all of us. My sweet mom, who I love so dearly, she, she means nothing to you, but she was everything to me. To me, she was my my love and my hope. She was the health of my life. She, she was, she was in my corner. Thanks for the water. <laughs> then, 
I remember having to say goodbye after she battled with colon cancer for years. My father, who indirectly gave me so much, to this day, I, I could not recount the immense value that he was to who I have become because of my dad. And I don't know that he ever really directly taught me a lesson, but I just kind of, I watched, you know, <clears throat> and grown up in that house and, and just observing what my dad, who my dad was. My dad had such a sense of humor that made life fun and enjoyable and kind of kind of passed on to me a little bit. <laughs> Monday night I preached in Vancouver and uh, that was a, a, a wonderful fellowship meeting that we had and um, <clears throat> after speaking to the preachers in Vancouver, a member there at the church came to me and told me that they would pray that I gain a sense of humor. <laughs> of course, they were speaking in sarcasm because they'd never heard a preacher that just had them rolling. And I didn't mean to, I just, I did, you know. And I, any, any humor that I've ever had, I get that from my dad, even though I understand that all things come to an end and that nothing stays the same and that we're, we're given to change. I couldn't ever imagine a time that my dad would be gone. I remember growing up, and he was just a fixture. You know what I mean? He was there. He was always there. I couldn't imagine when he would be absent, unavailable to, for our conversation. And as I speak, I'm sure you all feel the same about your loved ones and those that, that uh, have gone on. Boy, I miss my dad. Sometimes more than other times. We sure do live in a changing world, don't we? I can recount the times with loved ones who have gone on and things change. They never stay the same. You can never retain what an experience, a time in your life that you have. The more I live, the more those experiences multiply. Friends and loved ones that pass on and they go. I used to think that 50 was ancient and that somebody who was 60 years old had one foot in the grave. I don't think that anymore, okay? I just wanted to tell you. Today, I've come to understand that 60 is the new 30, <laughs> or something like that. <clears throat> 60 is when one just begins to come and bloom, and that's <laughs> the way it is. <laughs> the church has changed, too, you know. By the way, that, that should be a reminder. That should be a warning to each one of us of what God gives you and, and the, the things and blessings that God gives. Those things, everything, everything, no matter what it is, anything you see, anything you put your hands on, anything you touch or taste or experience in this world, it's not forever. I've been a part of some great churches. The one I grew up in in, in Chicago, I remember, well, you know, I remember being lost and going to church and having religion, and God just not wasn't a part of that thing. I mean, it was just a, as a religious ritual that you kind of went through. Never had a relationship with the Lord, but then when I got saved, and He was my Father, and He was, and I was His child, and I, and He was teaching me, and I was growing, and it was just an amazing thing to come to church and to learn to learn my relationship with Him. It's just. 
That was something so new, and I loved it. I loved it. I loved coming to church. I remember times we'd drive onto the, to the, to the property, and I'd just think, thank God. I got, I'm coming to church tonight. I'm going to learn about God, learn something that I didn't know, and I didn't know anything. Didn't know any of the Bible. I remember, I remember that church that I grew up in. I can't tell you the pain of recent visits visiting that church and it's no, it's not the same. You know, all changes are not bad, by the way. Some are actually good. But so many, many times churches that were once sound and vibrant and healthy, Holy Spirit infused, warm in fellowship and hot in exhortation, they died down to a cold ember, hardly alive or sometimes dead altogether and gone. Not even there. Hey, don't take this church for granted. You know, I, I'm serious, guys. God has given us a wonderful church. He really has. He's, he's given us a place that, you know, I, I, churches aren't perfect and everybody got warts. And y'all got a lot of warts. <laughs> Look in the mirror. <laughs> but you know what? The Lord's blessed. We got a great church. A church where, where the Lord is uplifted and and the Lord and members despise hypocrisy. It's a wonderful thing to, to worship the Lord like that and in spirit and in truth. And it's a wonderful thing. And don't don't take this church for granted because this church is here right now and is in the condition that is it that it's in and blessed as it is. We don't know that that's going to be that like that forever. You know, our walk with the Lord changes also. We're, we're never guaranteed a constant plateau as we grow. You know, I, I mentioned how when I first got saved and coming to church and learning and just, it was just wonderful. It was absolutely, I remember one, one time coming on a Sunday night. I was dealing with somebody that I tried to witness to. I didn't know the first thing about witnessing. But I tried to witness to a friend of mine and, and uh, uh, we, were, we were talking about, we were dealing about eternal security. Once you're saved, you're always saved. And, and I didn't have that. I didn't have it all down pat. You know, I thought, well, what if you lose your salvation? What and I came in to Pastor Manley that, that Sunday night, right before service. And I said, Pastor Manley, you know, I'm not so sure that you, you, you get saved and you're saved forever. You know, what, if, what happens at this? What happens at that? I just didn't understand. I didn't understand that my salvation was not upon my performance or what I did. It was all upon the Lord Jesus Christ and, what, and his faithfulness kept by the power of God, not by our power. And you know what he did that, that Sunday evening? He had a, he had a message a, uh, message that he was going to preach. He put it off to the side and he said, you know what, we're going to deal with this. And he just dealt with eternal security. It meant so much to me because I understood. And he took the verses and he took the doctrine. He kind of laid it out. Oh, man, I tell you, that was just wonderful. I remember growing at that time in my life. I mean, just leaps and bounds. But you know what? We're not guaranteed to be in that condition <coughs> at all times, you know. Maybe if you think back in your life, there's been times where you've grown, but then there's times you haven't. There's times that there's something in the way. There's something that you won't admit to, but there's something that God is putting his finger on, and you know it. You've got to deal with it, and you don't, and then there's no growth. Lights out. No more growth. See, 
we're, we're never guaranteed a plateau. As a matter of fact, you're either going up or you're going down. Um, you, you don't, no plateau. There's no stagnation in our Christian walk. Thank God that we can mo move from where we are to closer to the Lord. From far to close, from cold to hot. And we've got to guard from slipping down the other way. But things change, even our walk changes. Folks, what I'm saying is everything changes. Everything gets old, everything morphs, everything changes or dies or goes away sooner or later. We live in a changing world. Nothing stays the same. I mean nothing. Even looking at the multi-generational markers of history and creation, when you look at you know, the, the universe that God created, everything changes. In this running down second law of thermodynamics universe, you know, the second law of, law of thermodynamics states, it's a law that says, it's, it's not a theory, it's a, it's a law that everything is bound by this unwinding, dying down, decaying, everything decays. Everything that's wound up unwinds sooner or later. <clears throat> everything is dying or running down or cooling off or burning out. The sun is dying. You know, the sun burns uh, the hydrogen and the different chemicals and everything else, and it's, it's a ball of fire that's burning, but it's not eternal. The, did you know that? Did you understand that? The sun is not eternal. It's actually burning out little by little by little, the, the way that God made it. It's going to be in operation for, you know, as long as God wants it to be in operation, but it's not forever. It's not a forever thing. It's, it's actually dying. The climate is changing. The earth's magma is cooling. The Bible is clear about this aspect of creation. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 10. <clears throat> and thou, Lord, in the beginning has laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thy hands. This is what God made, everything that God made, all of the universe, all of the physical universe. And notice what it says here. They shall perish, but thou remainest, and they all shall wax old as doth a garment. And as a vesture shalt thou fold them up, and they shall be changed. All of creation, all of creation changes and dies and decays. Everything. Even the things that we look at and we think they're eternal. They're not eternal. If, if it's physical, it's not eternal. Even the stars burn out. It says... They shall be changed, but thou, <coughs> talking about God, thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. Isn't that something? Isn't that wonderful? The years of God, the, the existence of God doesn't change, doesn't stop, doesn't end, does, never comes to an end, doesn't fail. As a matter of fact, these evidences also support a young earth. <coughs> the earth is 6,000 to 10,000 years max. It's not billions and billions of years old. Larger stars than our sun are noted to last only 10 million years. Our sun is supposed to last much longer, the type of uh, star it is, but the fact is that the sun is slowly burning out. The moon, did you know that the moon is getting further and further away from the earth at, the, at a distance of about one and a half inches per year, which is not much. But folks, if you do the math, we cannot have been here for more than four to five billion years. That means the moon, at back then, you know, an inch and a half 
a year going that that far, that means that the moon would be scraping the tops of the highest mountains. Come on, you know that uh, it's the, the scientists have have the the, the uh, numbers off. <coughs> no, the reality is that everything is winding down. That means that God wound it up at the beginning. The universe is indeed, as, it's, as he says, it's waxing old, it's burning up, it's slowing down, it's cooling off. And we have the promise that this temporal universe will someday be changed. That's what God says, that God's going to change everything. By the one who changes not. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 12. They shall be changed, but thou art the same. Did you get that? They shall be changed. Everything, all the physical universe, the, the temporary life that we have, every, they shall be changed, but thou art the same, thy years shall not fail. The amazing, wonderful fact is that although everything we see, everything we touch, everything we deal with in, in life <coughs> changes, but God doesn't change. He's eternal. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. And by the way, <clears throat> that's an attribute of only God. Only God is immutable. Only God has eternal. Everything else is temporal, but only God has eternal, or whatever God wants to grant his life to is eternal. But it only comes from God. So when it says Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, you, that can't be said for an angel. That can't be said for anything God ever created. No, there was a beginning of angels. He created them. No, no, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Take, take a, a, a timeline. As far as you want to go that way, as far as you want to go that way, Jesus Christ is the same. Got these, these uh, false teachings that say Christ became God. No, he didn't become God. He's the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Several cults imagine their false gods who have developed or improved or changed over eons of time, like, uh, you know, God Jehovah is like a man once was. No, get out of here. That's not, that's not Bible, folks. Not the one and true God that we worship. No, no, he changes not. Our God tells us that the nature of God, his nature is immutable, unchangeable, constant, eternal. That what we read in our text, James 1.17, is talking about God, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Variableness means differences or change or variety. God's always the same. He doesn't change. Shadow of turning is the common daily changes that shadows cast. You know, like if you had uh, uh, <clears throat> the sun over here casting a shadow on this bottle and you see a shadow over here, First, it's really long, and it gets shorter and shorter as the sun gets. And, and shadows are always changing, adjusting, turning. They're, they're never the same. They're always moving. And, and that's what it says. God has no shadow of turning. Every moment, shadows grow or shrink. They're constantly on the move. God is never changing, shrinking, growing, on the move. No, there's not even a shadow of turning with him. Isn't that a great song? Not even, a, not even a shadow of turning. I like the way that God says that. While everything all around us turns and moves and changes, not with God. He doesn't even display the slightest of any perceivable change. There is no change with God. Amen. Well, <coughs> excuse me. Why is this good news? 
Why is this cause for rejoicing? Why can we, we can be settled because of this truth? Malachi 3.6 says, For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. I like that. <laughs> God says, because I don't change, you're safe. Because whatever I've decreed, whatever I said, whatever I granted, you know, your pardon, whatever, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to stay intact. Why? Because he doesn't change. Therefore, you're not consumed. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter, you know, how you fail. This is related to our salvation. He grants us eternal life, folks. You know what that means? Everlasting life, the life that he has. Everything else is temporary. He has eternal life. Because he doesn't change, we're okay. It's because of this characteristic of God that our salvation is secure. <clears throat> God's actions, his decisions, his choices are eternal. God is not fickle. We are. Up, down. Did you ever, did you ever know anybody in your life that changed? God's not fickle. Jeremiah 4, 28, For this shall the earth mourn, the heavens above be black, because God says, I have spoken it, I have purposed it, and will not repent. Neither will I turn back from it. You know what that means? That God doesn't change his mind. You know what repentance is? Repentance is a change of mind. I'm against God. I'm in my sin. I'm going that direction. When I repent, I, I change my mind about my sin. I agree with God. And so God doesn't ever need to change his mind because he's right. He doesn't repent. He doesn't change like that. Now, he has turned to give grace. It's, uh, and that's the, we have several examples of that. But in this sense, God does not repent. How about that? He doesn't repent. <clears throat> Ecclesiastes um, 3, 14. I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Isaiah 51, verse 6. Lift up your eyes to the heavens and look upon the earth beneath, for the heavens shall vanish away like smoke, and the earth shall wax old like a garment, and they that dwell therein shall die in like manner, but my salvation shall be forever, and my righteousness shall not be abolished. He says everything else, and he, and he uses the, the universe, his creation to compare. Everything else dies and, and goes away and whatever. Everything else decays. But he says, but my salvation, that's different. That's, that's how he deals with us. That shall be forever, and my righteousness shall not be abolished. Hearken unto me, ye that know righteousness, the people in whose heart is my law. Fear ye not the reproach of men, neither be afraid of their revilings. For the moth shall eat them up like a garment, the worm shall eat them like wool. But my righteousness shall be forever, and my salvation from generation to generation. So if you're saved, if I have that life that God has given me, I'm going on. As long as God doesn't die, I won't die. <laughs> Psalm 90, verse 2. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. His name is the one who is from everlasting. That's many times God is called uh, the, the God from everlasting means for, forever in the past, he was God. But this says everlasting to everlasting. He was always God, and he's always going to be God from everlasting. However far you want to go in that direction, he's always going to be God. Always, he's always going to be the same. He's not, never going to have lose, lost his power or gained power. No, no, God is the, 
the omnipotent, omniscient, uh, uh, omnipresent God that he is from everlasting to everlasting. Thou art God. <clears throat> Not only is he from everlasting, he is to everlasting in both directions, backwards or forwards. We don't know anything like that. You know, nothing is like our God. Nobody is like this God. So because he is eternal, there's three things I want to just nail down, and this will help us. This will help us today. Because God is eternal, because in him is no variableness, no shadow of turning, we can, number one, we can rest in all battle outcomes. It might look bad right now. The scoreboard doesn't look good, you know. But you know the, the end of it. <laughs> God's on top from everlasting to everlasting. He's, he's on top. He reigns. And so if you know how it's going to end up like that, you don't have to worry about what the scoreboard looks like right now. You know, because right now, sometimes right now is the problem. It's, you know, it doesn't look good. But, you know, because he's everlasting, you can rest in the battle outcomes. He ends up on top. He wins. And by the way, if he wins, then we win because if we're on his side. So, amen. Because he's eternal, we can rest in all battle outcomes. Because he's eternal, we can rest in an in eternal security. Those that don't have that, they have no real security. You know, you're saved, and, and maybe like I was when I first got saved, I'm so glad I'm saved, I'm so glad I'm in, I'm so glad I'm going to heaven, but what happens if, what happens if I fizzle out? A lot of people seem to do that. What happens if I deny him? What happens if, what happens if I don't make it? What happens if I, you know, you don't have to worry about that because if you're saved, you have the life that he gives, which is eternal. He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life, shall not come to condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. And the life that he gives, see, <clears throat> we can rest in that. Aren't you glad? I can I can go to sleep and not ever have to worry that I'm not going to make it, that I'm going to fail. You know what I mean? I don't ever have to worry about that because it's not upon my strength that I hang on to that salvation. It's those of us who are kept by the power of God. So because he's eternal, we can rest in battle outcomes, we can rest in eternal security, and we can better appreciate our temporary life here. See, because <clears throat> guys, what we're doing, we're in the, in the midst of a temporary life. Our life here on earth, this life that we, you know, breathe and have a heartbeat and brain waves, this life right here is very unique. And we, we got to start, but if we have God's life, we're going to go on forever. You better appreciate the life that you have right here. You better take a look at that in light of eternity. See, this is that unique time in our existence that we can affect our eternal state. Isn't that, a, isn't that cool? Isn't that wonderful? It's right now in these years, these moments that you have today, you can change how you are going to be, the, the condition you are going to experience, the, the, the status that you will have throughout eternity depends on right now, what you do today. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, this is what Jesus said. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and seal. You can't hang on to it. You're never going to be able to hang on to it. 
No, there, there was never yet a hearse that was going to the uh, cemetery with a U-Haul trailer. <laughs> Can't bring it with you. You know, and someday, you know, you're going to lose it this way or that way, and eventually you're going to die and lose it. So he says, lay not up for yourself treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. He says, listen, what you can do right now, laying up for yourselves crowns, treasures, uh, 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 values in heaven, they're eternal. They don't go away. So that means what we do today can change our eternal condition. Isn't that cool? We get to actually make a difference for eternity today in this temporary life, in this little window that we're here and then we're gone. It, it will change our eternity if we pay attention to Jesus and lay up treasures in heaven. Not here on earth. Lay up treasures in heaven. <clears throat> 1 Peter 5, 4. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, he's talking to pastors here, he says, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. This is a, a special crown that's offered to pastors. You know what? There's like uh, four or five crowns that the Bible talks about. Uh, one to the faithful, one to uh, looking forward, forward to his coming and whatever. You know what a crown is? A crown is a jewel, a, a, a symbol. He says, and, and you know what? If you do this and do this faithfully, you're going to get a crown that doesn't fade away. It's eternal. Eternal. Is that not cool? Do we, isn't that not a, the, greatest, the greatest opportunity that you've ever heard about? You can lay up treasures. You can, you can get uh, badges. You can get uh, rewards. You can get crowns. You can get you know, things that are eternal. By your faithfulness today. Wow. <clears throat> See, folks, this is the time to make eternal hay while the sun shines. Because <laughs> once you step off into eternity, then that's, that's where you are. That's who you are. You got it or don't got it. That's it. You heard the phrase, make hay while the sun shines. Make eternal hay while the sun shines right now. Right now. Don't miss it, guys. Don't miss it. Pay attention. Pay attention. We aren't saved by works, but we're saved unto good works. And folks, it's right now that we can make a difference for eternity. So, so what you got to do is you got to appreciate this temporary life that we have right here. It is temporary. It changes. But that's okay. Let it go away. God has something much, much better. And we're going to enjoy that. But you, you got to appreciate where we are. You got to understand where you are. Because if you don't, you're going to step off into eternity and say, man, I really should have. <laughs> I should have, would have, could have. Man, I, I didn't, you know, I should have, you know, I, I, I could have. For eternity, you'll be saying that. <laughs> I want to, in eternity, I want to get out there and say, thank God I did what I could because I got these crowns, I got these rewards, I got these whatever, you know. I, I don't know what that means. I say, preacher, what does that mean? I don't know. All I know is Jesus don't just say words. It means that they're, they're true. They're truth. So because he's eternal, we can rest in battle outcomes. We can rest in eternal security. And we can better appreciate our temporary life here. It's before 8 o'clock. Amen. Let's pray. <laughs>